We are here Thursday morning, February 4th in freezing cold Charlotte, North Carolina. We're gonna, It's going to be a theme this winter in our <laughs> podcast. I am Brian. And I'm Leah. Great to have you all with us. We have an exciting guest coming up later in the podcast. Um, a friend of mine, Mbayan Jai, who's done some remarkable things in um, advocacy in the last decade since we hung out. And uh, we're excited to talk to him. But first, um, something that's been on my mind, Leah, is... Uh, holidays okay <laughs> um so it's uh, groundhog day which um i wasn't aware was this week until um i was inundated with social media attraction about groundhog day yes. um but it made me think that we celebrate some really dumb things here in the united states <laughs> give me an example well of, we can start with groundhog day yeah, I mean, groundhog we, we talked about this in office the other day i mean it's yeah it, it is one of those old traditions that, like, if it stopped, no one would probably be upset. No, and it <laughs> also, it doesn't make any sense. They put a, there's, like, a group of 12 <laughs> men in top hats in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, who put a groundhog on a box and talked to it. And I then, know. And, <laughs> and so then assess from there that we're going to have winter? Yeah. I mean, the groundhog knows best, I guess. No, it, it's, it's just, it's asinine. It's silly. It is, um, none of them were wearing masks. Yeah. It's, uh, I know. Yeah. I don't, it's amazing that we continue to acknowledge it. We waste so much time and marketing <laughs> bandwidth and energy celebrating dumb things in the United States. Did they market Groundhog Day? <laughs> I think so. Who markets Groundhog Who Day? Who's the marketer for that? <laughs> and what's point. their strategy? Because <laughs> it's not good. Although they did get a lot of traction. They made a yeah. Bill Murray made a movie out of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no answers for Groundhog. I just know that it's like an old tradition. And like when I googled it, it was like from Germany. But they the in Germany they had hedgehogs. Instead of groundhogs. And why don't we have hedgehogs in the United States? Well, uh, th groundhogs are more, um, we, I don't think there's hedgehogs in. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have hedgehogs here. I mean, we have hedgehogs, <laughs> but like, I don't think they're just casually walking around in <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think they like, when they came over to Pennsylvania, they were like, oh, a groundhog works. <laughs> <laughs> we also like, they, they find a groundhog and name him Phil. Like the gr actual groundhog's name is Punxsutawney <laughs> Phil. Um, is it the same groundhog? Gr that's exactly what was my next question. I, how do they know? Do they tag him? Do they? That's a good question. I don't know. How but, how long do groundhogs live? Uh, a question for Google. Another Google question. Today's question for <laughs> what Google is the average is length? the average age. I don't. I I expect they probably live for fifteen years. I don't know. Like they're um, like a cat. <laughs> that's literally what I'm thinking <laughs> of as a cat. Um, but uh, we don't need to discuss Columbus Day because I think that's already been well yeah, documented. That's, that's a dumb holiday. <laughs> that's not uh, even. <laughs> um, the other holiday I have a problem with because it's coming up is President's Day. Yeah. It's like, I don't, do, we spend so much time talking about our presidents and uh -huh. acknowledging the history of our presidents and teaching them in school. And it's like, do right. we really need a day to honor them as well? Now we need a day. Right, where people get off of work and off of school to... I think it's just, again, one of those holidays that's like, ugh, retailers are like, are like, oh my goodness, we can do a big, huge, like... President's Day? President's Day clearance sale. Like, awesome, let's celebrate Herbert Hoover by, like, <laughs> buy one, get one free t-shirts? Like, what? I don't know. Again, it's just like, like you said, it's one of those holidays that has been around for ever. It, it is, uh, it's... 
and has just been utilized as like a time of of um it's just an ex- it's like an excuse of being of again retailers being like oh my gosh it's a holiday let's right. do <laughs> okay but these arbitrary holidays again i can understand <laughs> christmas and right. thanksgiving uh-huh. And Fourth of July is our Independence Day, and New Year's right. is a new year. Right. Even Valentine's Day, at least it's a revenue generating holiday. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, sure, but like President's <laughs> Day, it's like the third Monday in February. We're gonna pause to celebrate our presidents. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. Yeah, I, know. I'm, holidays are holidays are interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Even as a, as a brand, I'm not sure what we can do with President's Day. Like you know. I don't, I, think anything <laughs> right like veterans day memorial right, but day also who decides these days because also like there was that website that i was looking at earlier that was like internationalday.com like how do we submit <laughs> a submit coffee international day it's a great question <laughs> but becoming a nationally there's like 11 nationally recognized holidays and president's day happens to be one of them and i guess it's probably because presidents decide i guess so it's this backwards <laughs> idea like, yes yeah, i so. do need a day for me <laughs> yeah, like Mother's and Father's Day. Again, I can, I can. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Birthdays <laughs> makes <laughs> Birthday. sense. <laughs> Birthdays are. But I President's mean, Day, I'm out on. Yeah. So Groundhog's Day and President's Day, I, I think we should do away with. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I personally don't know anyone that's like, oh my gosh, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also find it ironic that we celebrate President's Day in the month that is we celebrate Black History Month because yeah. it's an institution held almost exclusively by white men in a history yep. in a house built by slaves. And it's like, it was weird. You know, we only give Black History 28 days to yeah. be uh, celebrated and we're going to throw President's Day in the middle of that? I yeah, it doesn't sit right with me. I actually did not know President's Day was this month. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so clearly. Yeah. Or Groundhog Day, right? Or Groundhog Day. Okay, so but we have different... Uh, yeah, awareness I, of national guess, holidays. Well, again, it's just like it's uh, it's not on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, other than you saying it, even my husband was like, "What is Groundhog's Day?" And then when he discovered it was, like, oh, he's from England. They maybe exactly, but he was like, "Why do you have this day? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have this?" I love when he like identifies you as an American. It's like <laughs> you and your three hundred seventy million yeah, Americans. It's just me. <laughs> One of many things he doesn't understand. <laughs> That's right. All right, Leah, yes. we're going to break some exciting news on the podcast because this is now the platform to break exciting <laughs> news. So if you don't subscribe wait, to our wait, podcast. Wait. Sh- so should we do like a, uh, like the news reporters, like when they have like breaking news? <laughs> What's our sound like? I don't know. I need to find it. <laughs> do, 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 do. No, that's uh... a... <laughs> yeah. Open your so. LaCroix. Here we go. Wow. Pop your bubbly. Buckle up. Um, our next Summit store, uh, we are opening in uh, Huntersville, North Carolina for the second time. Do, 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 do. There it is. There's the news. <laughs> um, I'm psyched. Huntersville is a very logical extension for Summit. For those of you who don't live in the Lake Norman area, it's between Davidson and Charlotte. So we basically drive by Huntersville on our way to Charlotte and on our way back home. And um, we're going to be part of this new development called Burkdale Landing, which is across from a super popular area. And we've got some awesome new neighbors and uh, Shake Shack and Anisio Pizza and First Watch. And I think it's, um, we were there walking around yesterday and it's just going to be an awesome space. Yeah, the space is great. But 
we've been in Huntersville before. We have. Yeah, not for long. <laughs> this was like before my time, so I don't really know. <laughs> it's just brief stories. Uh, um, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, we were there from January to April of 2018. Okay. Which is not a long time. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to tell. <laughs> uh, we... We were in a position at that point. We had opened the roastery, and then we were just finished opening Asheville. We were taking on these big projects. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like we sunk a quarter of a million dollars into the roastery and a quarter of a million dollars into Asheville, and all of a sudden it's like we're taking yeah. these huge things. And, and somebody came to us about collaborating on an opportunity in Huntersville that was going to cost us a fifth of that. And it was like, uh-huh. okay, like let's start biting off these smaller projects that can be wins, and let's spread the Summit brand. And the problem is I think we approached it with, like a quarter of the <laughs> energy. Oh gosh! Well, there's the sound effect. Breaking news. Breaking mugs. Breaking news. Um, and I think it was dead on arrival. Like yeah. we, because it was a smaller project, I think we took for granted that it was going to be successful. I think we yeah. just assumed that cool. We're going to open a store five miles from our other stores. People are going to know us. They're going to be excited. And we did, especially thinking now as we're trying to open all these new stores, the lack of market research we did was just, mm-hmm. I mean, it was horrendous. I mean, as yeah. a business owner, it was like I failed in every possible way. Mm. Um, we, yeah, we didn't do the research before we decided to make the decision. And then we didn't yeah. properly train the staff. We hired a manager from outside the company. We hired an entire staff from outside the company. And as you know now, it's a huge part of our fabric to hire people internally and promote internally so that everyone can learn and share and spread the way we do business and to hire an entire staff that has had no prior experience with summit was another huge miss. And, and ultimately we opened inside of an athletics facility Uh that had good foot traffic. And we just assumed that people were going to want coffee. And I I think that's a tough assumption is you can't just like put something where people usually come and assume that they're going to want to add that to their routine. Yeah. People were either getting coffee before they worked out. They were going to get coffee on their way home. It was right. <laughs> it was almost like we weren't there. And and on day one, we did something like uh, twenty seven transactions. And it was like really. And it was like holy shit. Oh, we were like, gosh. and it was like we were like, oh no. And um, <laughs> oh no. And so the long story short, and I don't want to talk. I mean, this is my biggest failure, and I actually wrote yeah. about this in in Barista Magazine. But it was, um pretty quickly we started having conversations like, okay, how do we get more people in the door? What do we do to incentivize and started having basically marketing one-on-one conversations after we were open, right? which was too late. And then after like the fourth meeting with a marketing consultant, I was driving home from Charlotte and I was like, yeah, why are we doing this? And I had just Uh read something about the intelligence of failing fast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew for where summit was trying to go that we needed to put our energy and our best people on, our biggest opportunities, not on our biggest weaknesses. And that's something that stuck with me, but Andrew and I, and we were just spending all of our time trying to figure out how to make our Huntersville cafe go from $200 a day to $300 a day. And we were like in the grand scheme of where we're going, this is a total waste of our time. Yeah. And that was on a Monday. And on a Tuesday, I looked over our lease and talked to a lawyer about uh, the terms of the lease. And, Mm -hmm. um, I sent it to one of my lawyer friends, Lewis, who actually recorded our intro song. He's oh, a lawyer. Nice. And he um, he said, 
this is the worst lease I've ever seen written. And he said, but you have no financial um, tie to this lease. He was like, you could leave oh, tomorrow wow. and you owe nothing. Really? Um, and so that was like, okay, well, because we were talking about like how, at how much would we it. pay to get out of here? Yeah. Um, and then so Wednesday morning, um, <laughs> we decided we were going to close uh-huh. that day. Yeah. And so I called the uh, person who owned the building we were renting from and yeah. Andrew rented a U-Haul. Oh, my gosh. And we, the two of us, drove to Huntersville and that day packed up the entire cafe into a U-Haul and left and have never been back since. Whoa. Yeah, so we burned some bridges on the way. Oof. They were uh, really unhappy with us. Yeah. Well, As you can imagine. Yeah, I can only imagine. So exactly three years later, we're going back. Yeah, to do it once once more, but on a totally different scale. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I... I, I mean, this, like the area that this uh, cafe is going to be uh-huh. at is... Like I, f- I feel like prime location. There's like a breakfast place right there. Yeah. There's like gonna be a medical center right there. Um, so many res, so much residential, young families, couples. Yeah. I, but it also is like a beautiful space. Yes. Like and, yes, and being inside like a swimming pool area was yeah. just. Um. Gosh, I, I, and so it's like I feel like That's we. That's so weird we, to me. <laughs> I feel like we right. <laughs> <That'd> well, <be laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> you didn't work for us then. You could have told us otherwise. Okay, uh, well. <laughs> um, but we, as far as, you know, we ran away as fast as we could from Huntersville yeah. and, like, didn't necessarily try to sweep it under the rug because I've mm-hmm. used it as a learning opportunity with our staff and publicly I've written right. about it, but we certainly didn't yeah. talk much about the fact that we, you know, but uh, in hindsight, a lot of people were like, yeah. You were open in Huntersville? Like people don't like this Huntersville yeah. 2.0 was like it made <laughs> such a blip on the radar that yeah. um we're sort of reintroducing ourselves and it's So when it came to like opening up a location again in Huntersville, like did you have any fear of being back in a place <laughs> that <laughs> Um That's like, a good question. Um I think that I'm a super optimistic person. Yeah, um, know. <laughs> yes, I, I believe fully in ourselves mm-hmm. and in myself. And I think that um, I've probably beat myself up enough for the Huntersville thing to realize why we failed. Right. That I don't think it's ignorance to think that we can succeed this time. I, I, yeah. I think I leave that assessing we did it wrong. It was the wrong location, but we also didn't prepare for it to be successful. Not that we can never have a summit in that market. And I think... Yeah. Um, I'm excited to sort of go back to the scene of the crime and be like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's run this back yeah. and see how much better we are, you know, yeah. three years later. Yeah. Time will tell, but I'm, I really believe, and I told you this yesterday while we were standing outside, I think it could be our busiest summit. And I think that I says think a so lot, too. obviously, but, um, I just, it's got a good feel. It feels right. The timing feels yeah. right. Trying to get it open this spring when hopefully COVID's under control and it's warm and we've got yeah. double garage doors and it's, so I think it's just going to be like a remarkable environment. Yeah. People are going to hang out there. Yeah. That was, people did not want to hang out and drink coffee <laughs> next to the pool. They didn't. Where, where my grandparents were swimming laps right next to us. And I was like, do you want to meet for a cappuccino next to the pool? What a dumb fucking idea. Um, all right, we'll be back. All right, we have uh, a long ago friend of mine, Mbai and Jai, on the phone. 
uh, we were soccer teammates yeah, maybe 19 years ago when we were both probably fitter than we are now. Um, and bye, thanks for coming on the phone. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, back when we both had decent knees, huh? <laughs> Gosh, you we had a good run. Our club soccer team was really good for a few years. Oh, we were insanely good. <laughs> um, well, thanks for taking time. I know you're super busy, but um, as I explained to our guest, you are the founder of uh, Legal Equalizer. And can you give us a little background on on what Legal Equalizer is and, and what you do? Yeah, so um, Legal Equalizer is an app that helps people in real time in encounters with law enforcement, with immigration, if they're in a domestic violence situation, active shooting, or general emergency. And it works very simple in a few ways. So first you hit a button and it's gonna send a text to up to five contacts that you've picked ahead of time, it's gonna let them know your exact location and the kind of emergency you're in. So for instance, if it's, you're pulled over by the police, it's gonna say, hey, I've been stopped by the police, my location is such and such. If you do not hear from me in the next 30 minutes, please call the police department in this area. The next aspect of the app is we did go to the police department and we asked them, hey, what do you want people to do when you pull them over? So we have that within the app. We have what to do when immigration pulls you over at your door on the app. We also have laws for all 50 states, everything from gun rights to reckless driving to DUI to marijuana laws. You name it, it's in there, as well as the Bill of Rights. On top of that, we give people a couple of options on what to do. You can either record that in town if you'd like, but what we've done recently is we've included a button that's going to send a live Zoom link up to those five people. So by the time that officer is at your door and telling you exactly why you got pulled over, exactly why you got stopped, you can have up to five eyewitnesses in real time. Wow. Um, and so that's what we have currently. What we're building is we're going to add attorneys on there pretty soon where you can then pay for an attorney to join you in real time and give you real-time legal consultation when you actually need it. That's amazing. And you've been working on this. This isn't a 2021 project, right? You've been working on it for a handful of years? Yeah, the idea came in 2014. So, I mean, that was, wow. you know, people think that George Floyd was the first time we saw protests like this, but I was like, no, Ferguson. Right, Ferguson, that's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it came from Ferguson. It just came from looking at my social media and seeing literally the difference of opinions from people I went to high school with in Mason, Georgia, went to an inner city high school for probably 80% black, and then the people I went to college with, Davidson. And the questions they were asking were completely opposite. The Mason people were asking, what did the police do to get him pissed off? And Davidson was like, what did Mike Brown do to piss off the police? And wow. I'm in the middle asking, hey, where is a camera? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like we have camera phones at the time. How come nobody reported it? And then fast forward three months later, um, that December, I got stopped three times in about a week and a half time frame here um, where I live in Atlanta. Um, first time was stopped. I was in my neighborhood and the cop literally pulled me over to ask me what I was doing and where I was going when I showed him my license. Oh, you live here. All right. You're good to go. Oh, my gosh. The next, the next time I got stopped, it's the funniest court date I still had before still. Um, the judge actually apologized because <laughs> oh I had a ticket. I had a ticket that literally said that I was at a stop sign for three seconds and for not five seconds. Um, and when, the, when, the, when, when the judge saw that, he was just like, I'm sorry, we wasted your time. You can go home. Wow. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to this. And then the last time, which was what made me feel like, okay, I have to do something at this point in time, mm -hmm. was um, I was headed up to work. It was December 2014. Headed up to work, and the officer followed me for a couple of miles before he finally pulled me over. And he tells me I had a warrant for my arrest. And I was like, no, I don't. And he 
she, she was surprised that I was surprised. And I was like, yeah, I've been pulled over twice in the past week and a half by your same exact department. Nobody mentioned the warrant. And then his excuse was, well, maybe the system was down. But right there in my seat, I was like, sir, he was able to print a ticket out. How's the system down for him to print a ticket, not a handwritten ticket, him to print out this ticket, but it won't tell me that I have a warrant. And so instead of him being like, you know, stay there, I'll check on it. He's like, well, for my safety, I'm going to have to get out. You get, have you get out of the car, put me in handcuffs in the back of his car. And handcuffed? My, yep, I was handcuffed in the back seat of his car. He walked around my car for like 15, 20 minutes, comes back and tells me it's an invalid warrant. And then the next day, my mom and I went to the police department to make a complaint. They were like, well, now he did nothing wrong. Maybe something popped up in the system wrong. You know, just do something about it. And so when I started that app idea, it literally wasn't about starting a business. It wasn't about making money. It yeah. wasn't about anything whatsoever. It was literally the first thought was, hey, if I get pulled over, I want my loved ones to know exactly where I'm at. Yeah. And B, I don't want people on social media asking, what did my do to get shot? What did he get do to get beaten up? I want them to see me saying, yes, sir, no, sir, following directions. And so that was my biggest pet peeve. And so literally that's how I just came up with the idea to start with. What? Okay, so that's six and a half years ago. What challenges have you encountered that you've had to overcome to get to where you are now? Like, I mean, that's a long time from idea to finally getting some traction on this thing. And I know you've had traction before, but, you know, I mean, yeah, what were your biggest challenges that you had to overcome? Um, it's been a good few things. I mean, I didn't know what entrepreneurship life was like. <laughs> I wish they'd have told. I wish they'd have told us that before. You, you know, you know it better than anybody as well. Yeah, I, uh, we were just talking yeah, about it, failed it, business it, ideas. Wish, wish we would have gotten a manual at some point in time <laughs> and be like, "Hey, that entrepreneurship thing is not sexy, guys. It's actually a little tougher than it looks." And so, um, didn't really have any clue um, how to code. So having to find a coder and my first first coder I found and then, you know, I didn't know how tech worked. All I knew was from books I read and movies I watch. So I thought, hey, if you want to raise money, I need to move the coder into my place with me. Stupid idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, don't do that, you know. So I was like, yeah, if Silicon Valley sees that I moved them in with me. They're like, it's like the old Facebook house where it all lived in a garage or something. I'm like, nah, that's not what they're looking for. Sorry, that was, that's just a fairy tale. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, like the whole team I started the app with, none of them are with me anymore, you know? So having to navigate people that you're working with, having to find, you know, people that help, um, you know, raising enough money to actually build out the product. I didn't know how much, you know, apps cost to build, how much it costs to maintain the tech side of it, the legal side of it. Um. So it's been, you know, it's just been a grind along the way. And, you know, there are other companies that come out that have tried to copy every single thing we have to a T. There are some companies, you know, and most of them aren't around anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just because they didn't know how to manage the little bitty funds they had um, through that process. And, you know, as a company in this space, like, it's tough. Like I tell people, it's tough when, you know, you compare yourself to other tech companies and you see, you're like, well, how come they're able to raise four or five million dollars and they don't have any revenue and yeah. they don't have, you know, the same amount of downloads and, you know, and their thing is not impacting anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that grind of going along. And, you know, I just trusted my gut and um, in knowing that I had a product and I knew it was a need. 
and I knew that, you know, that it could grow eventually if the right to the eyes got on it, if the right people got behind it and it got back properly. Like I knew what could be built out and I knew the kind of effect it could make. And so, um, you know, there's, you know, it's been a lot of challenges of typical entrepreneurs. Like, you know, it's, yeah. like I said, everything from losing your team to not having money to wanting to quit. Um, all how close throughout. did you get to quitting? Oh, a few times. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few times. I mean, you know, that's, that's what I tell people. There's been times where literally I've had to make a decision on do I pay to keep the server open so the app can be up or do I pay my gas bill? And I'll be like, oh, well, the gas bill is due in three days. Maybe I can figure out how to make the money to get that going, you know? And it'll be like, why are you doing this? It's ridiculous, yeah. you know? And, and it's like, what, what, what's the purpose of this? But then every single time, I think about, okay, all right, somebody else will take the mantle of something will go. Then I'll see another story that comes out like, okay, this is ridiculous, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, all right, this is how something could have helped out that, you know, how my app could have helped out this person, you know, this could have stopped this situation from happening in the first place. Yeah. And so every time when I think about it, I just think about, you know, different situations where I'm like, you know what, this isn't even 25% of where I want to go or yeah. what I want to get built. And I don't want to quit until I can at least build out my first full viable product. And if that fails, then it fails. But I'm not going to stop until at least it's out and I give it. we give it a full, you know, honest chance to go at it. Did, did you know early on, so let's go back to growing up in Macon or even at Davidson or after, that you wanted to make advocacy a part of what you did for your life? Or was that like a Ferguson sort of, come to Jesus moment where you decided to shift gears? Um, I've always been outspoken on stuff. I know that. Yeah. Like, I mean, even at Davidson, like I spoke up about, you know, at that time we had Amadou Giallo got shot 41 times in New York when we were, I think, his sophomore year. Yep. I mean, Bob Dylan, Dylan made a song about it. Wycliffe sung about it. And so we talked about it then. You know, I knew about Sean Mill. We knew about Fruitvale Station. Like I knew, but I didn't even... I didn't think I was going into that lane. Like, you know, I was in sales when this started. Like, I didn't, you know, like, I didn't even want to create the app when it started. Like, I had <laughs> the idea for a long time. Like, I had it for a while. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I thought about it was August of 2014. And I kept on bringing it up to people. And I'm like, yo, I don't think there's anything out here like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, you know, just like I said, this was a little bit after Mike Brown. I was like, I don't think there's anything. And I just kept on thinking. And I didn't even make a move on it until that December. And, you know, it was like till after I got pulled over those, those yeah. times. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know my mom is very, you know, she's very, you know, active. She's been an activist for her whole life, pretty much. She's been a college professor. Um, but, you know, she had me aware of different things and reading books as a child and mm -hmm. making me know what was going wrong. But I never saw myself in this position i always thought i was going to be like in sales and end up running some sales division or some sales company or something like that um <laughs> never thought i'd be here yeah, oh you're sort of in the sales life. business it just has a bigger purpose behind it now yeah yeah you can look at it that way yeah. i mean my scale still has I mean, it's helped out like that's been one thing i will always appreciate is spending those years in sales so b being back in Georgia, what is it like in 2020? You know, obviously, you know, we're, we're connected on social media still and it's easy. And I know you've taken a lead with Davidson alums leading up to the election and doing some advocacy stuff and obviously in the runoff elections. And 
what is it like to be in Georgia right now? And what is it like seeing Raphael Warnock win that election? Like, what does that mean to you? Um, it means a lot. It's, um, because like I tell people in Georgia and South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, um, like people think that these states are just super red, super conservative. I just don't know. They're suppressed. Yeah. And literally it's just getting people out to vote. And if, and, and, and honestly, the biggest joy I got out of this was the fact we set records in voting in Georgia. If, you know, I, I appreciate and I love the yeah. fact that we elected the first black male senator in the state history and the first Jewish senator in our state history. I, I love that it shows the diversity of the state. It reflects the diversity of the people. But I was more excited about the amount of people that came out to vote. Like, even if yeah, the amazing. other guys had won, even if the other guys had won, like, I was going to go and lay my head at night knowing that we did the work of democracy and allowed people to have their voices heard and allowed mm-hmm. to vote. And that was how Georgia won. It's just we let people vote. And, I mean, and I think if we do that in other states, you'll see outcomes and you'll see different changes. And you'll see, you know, more people that are representative of the United States getting into positions of power, um, you know, to help out the people. And so that's all that, you know, I volunteered with Fair Fight. I volunteered with New Georgia Project, volunteered with the NAACP. I was helping out with, you know, Voto Latino, connecting different groups and things like that. And all the focus was getting people out to vote. Yeah. You know, that, that was it. It was getting people out to vote. And so, I mean, it's exciting to see where the state is and where it could be headed. But it's also, you know, staying vigilant, seeing that our state legislature is already trying to make voting harder in future elections and seeing all the bills that are coming up already. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I tell people here, elections, it's not a one-time thing. If you have to stay vigilant, you have to stay active. And then I tell people to get even more involved in local elections. Absolutely. That's yeah. what matters a lot more than the national stuff. And mm-hmm. so right now, Atlanta here, we're going to have our mayoral race, mm-hmm. our city council. And so I'm talking to kids and young people here. It's like, hey, I know that, Biden Trump race got all the news and all the stuff, but if you care about criminal justice in your city, if you care about zoning, parking lots, you know, restaurants, what time things close, mm-hmm. these are the people that determine that stuff. And this is who we need to learn more stuff about. But yeah, so it's it's an exciting time to be down here in this state and to see us actually be a battleground state and matter um, yeah. and for us to come through. That's awesome. So you mentioned like there are moments when you um, were building this amazing uh, app that you weren't really sure like if you wanted to keep moving forward. I'm curious to hear about like who are your support systems? Like who do you look up to to keep pushing through those moments of doubt? Um, I talk to my friends. A lot. I mean, I know I have a bunch of friends who understand what I'm going through and what I'm doing. Yeah. And so, I mean, got a couple of them that started businesses as well and ran businesses and they've had their struggles and they understand, you know, the struggles of a young business person mm-hmm. trying to start something from the ground up. Um, my mom, she's always calling to check on me to <laughs> yeah. make sure that, you know, hey, you sleeping? <laughs> you got food you know i was like oh yes mom i'm okay i'm That's not so three sweet. anymore <laughs> yeah. and so you so know mom's like, i'm just checking in on you 
She's yeah. checking in on you, just making sure you're okay. I'm like, oh. yes, mom, you, you, you've called. And then, I mean, and then for me, it's, uh, I guess, my way to relax and get, get my mind off of things is I have a mm-hmm. extremely hyper husky. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Leah, Leah's uh, a big dog person. I love that. Who, I, who demands my attention at all times because huskies are needy and they are their own yes. particular characters. Like this <laughs> one will sigh and give me side eyes left oh. and right if I don't do what I what he wants. If I don't play with him, if I'm on a conference call, like people like yeah. if somebody in the room is like, no, that's my husky in the background. <laughs> Just sighing like a human being because I won't play with him right now. So. Yeah, I was on an interview. I was on a Zoom interview with somebody the other day, and my dog just came to the window in my office and started barking at somebody on the street. And I was like, "Excuse <laughs> my dog for That's, disrupting our call." I mean, I feel like that is like meetings in general during COVID. It's yeah, just discovering yeah. everyone's animals, <laughs> like right. their characters. Um, and by what, um, what are you looking forward to most in 2021? I know you're you're now in. Can you explain a little bit? I believe you're in an incubator now with the, of sorts with Excellent. with the legal equalizer. But what are you what are you looking forward to? Um. Well, this is the first time um, we're gonna. Well, outside of business, I'm looking forward to getting vaccines so I can hug my friends again. Seriously. So that's that, 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 that's the one thing. You five know, like five times this weekend, I, I tried to sign up for the vaccine just to make sure, <laughs> just in case they, like, changed the. I was like. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, am I eligible yet? Am I eligible yet? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I told one of my friends, like, hey, I don't want to take this. I was like, oh, you're a police officer. Can I wear your uniform then? Because you don't want to take the vaccine. <laughs> I'll wear uniform, and I'll be you for the day. So <laughs> that's I was right. Like, I miss I miss hugging my friends and hanging out. So I'm hoping by the end of the year we can at least, yeah. you know, get somewhat closer to that. But for company wise, what I'm looking forward to is this is the first time since we started it that I'm gonna have three months where we have money and time and nothing to do but work on this product. And there are things that I'm just learning as being part of TechStar. So TechStar is one of the biggest accelerator programs in the country for mm-hmm. tech startups. Um, they've had multiple companies who've had exits at over billions of dollars. Um, they invest in your company and they have a group of mentors from all over, from anything from investors to people in all kinds of fields and facilities. So that, like this week, we've had a thing called Mentor Mandis, where every day we talk to 10 different mentors wow. a day from all different fields and they're dissecting our company and things like that. So, you know, for me, I'm excited because as a CEO, I didn't even know what MailChimp was until a few days ago. And I'm like, holy crap. I, I don't have to copy and paste all the emails anymore. A whole new world. And- MailChimp's in your backyard, too. They're an Atlanta company. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody from MailChimp was like, yeah, come into office. We'll show you. We'll hook you up. We'll, we'll That's amazing. Packages. And so with that, like, I haven't even had a chance to, like, send out mass emails or polls to our users to ask them what they want. Yeah. So, you know, we haven't developed all of our products. So what I'm looking forward to in the next three to six months is, you know, us seeing an even better product that's based on user feedback, Mm -hmm. um, having that attorney app ready. So by the end of the year, we can have attorneys being able to join people Mm -hmm. live in real time. And, um, you know, and hopefully we can hire a couple of people by the end of the year because that would mean that we're growing and we can, you know, have things headed in the direction where I know that they truly can head. But I'm just there. That's what I'm really looking for, just these next three months of learning and building. Um, my coder has never had a chance to literally spend time to 
code all the time because he works his job and then comes home at night when he has time is not tired. So, all right, I'll code this. But now it's like, hey, I can pay you. Yeah. We've paid your bills for the next three months. So now all our focus on is on the product, product, product. So I can't honestly just can't wait to see what we'll get done with it now that we have that time and money. That's amazing. And what? how can people who are listening to this, people like Leah and I who are sitting here in Charlotte, how can we stay up on what's going on with Legal Equalizer? How can we help? What, what, do, you, what do you want from people like us who want to get involved? Uh, yeah, we have. I mean, our website is LegalEqualizer.com. You can check that out. We'll have, you know, our press and stuff on there. Um, anybody that wants to email me or, um, you know, you can email me directly. My name is Mbai, M-B-Y-E, at LegalEqualizer.com. So it's pretty simple. Uh, I'm pretty open, but, you know, I'm on social media. I handle all of the stuff for the company until we can <laughs> hire hire somebody else to do that, hopefully, eventually. Um, and then if people can, you know, let people know to download the app and explain to them how it works. And, it's, you know, and it's for all groups. It's all for all people. You know, so when I tell people that, you know, not just black people get pulled over by the police, right? Yeah. Like, white, white people do too. Not just black people, not just not just Hispanic people that are involved in immigration activities. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known a bunch of Gambians that have gotten deported themselves. Um, it's not, you know, you know, domestic violence doesn't have a race or, you know, doesn't have anything. So, like, these are issues. Active shooting aren't, you know, aren't picked. You know, it's not like I'm going to go in here and randomly pick this kid or that kid. It's just yep. some psycho yeah. goes in there. So. So this app has multiple purposes. And then, you know, so just I'm encouraging you to download it, register it. And, you know, and soon we're going to be doing stuff where we're going to be hyper-focused on trying to get Americans to learn more about laws and their rights. Mm -hmm. And so that's the next thing as well that y'all will see. We're going to start doing push notifications based on where you are, asking you if you know something simple, you know, based based on what you like. So Mm -hmm. if you're in North Carolina and, you know, you like to drink sometimes. We're gonna, you know, every <laughs> hey, do you know what do you know what the do you know what the DUI or the reckless driving yeah. laws are in the state of North Carolina? Mm-hmm. And let's make sure we drill that in your head so then you'll make those smart decisions moving forward um on that thing. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's kinda where we're at. So there's so much education um, that needs to happen around all these things. I I was on a panel with Braxton Winston, who you and I both went to college with and is now a Charlotte City Council person, but I was on a panel with him last year and so much of what he said was just people just don't know nearly as much as they need to know about this stuff. And like, we just yeah. need to find ways to teach people. Right. And that's the, that's the, that's the big, big thing. People honestly do not know anything about their rights, the law or anything whatsoever. And, you know, and we just have to really start honing in. I think that can solve a lot of issues if people get a little bit more educated about what actually is their rights. Cause some people argue with cops about I'm like, actually, that's not a right, buddy. So, you know, <laughs> I would, I would um, I'd like to see in our, I mean, it's, it sounds a little silly, but in our, like our public education system, you think as a freshman in high school, you'd probably get more value out of learning things like that than spending all the hours you spend on calculus and algebra. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, we can go all day about <laughs> taxes. Like y'all should teach us about taxes. I did not cards. learn anything about taxes. You know? yeah, Every know. year tax season comes around. It should around. be like a, how to be a responsible adult class. <laughs> yeah, credit cards, paying a mortgage. Like yeah. what is that guys? Like, you know, so 
<laughs> Instead, we have learned the Pythagorean theorem. Oh, I don't know gosh. the last time I used that in my life. Or, yeah. or cursive. My wife and I were talking yesterday. The importance of writing cursive. They don't cursive. teach cursive anymore. Well, they shouldn't because it's dumb. <laughs> it's um, so yeah, ridiculous. So, um, you have kuda sign or sign now. You can <laughs> have your signature. Um, and by, it's been really great to catch up. And hopefully it won't be 10 more years before we talk again. And we really appreciate you taking the time and hope that this three-month Time is really great for you and for the Legal Equalizer, and we look forward to following you from afar. Thank you so much. Thanks for having Thank me. And <laughs> can't wait to come back up there and see y'all at Summit. Yeah, we'll grab a coffee and catch up. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Take care, man. Bye. Thank you. Have a good one. Wow. That was a um, great first interview with Mbai. He's a, yeah. a fascinating guy. And like I said, we were – uh, we were 18 year olds playing soccer together That's and funny. traveling around the Southeast and, and, you know, sleeping on dorm room floors to play soccer. And <laughs> it's cool to see where your journeys can take you, but yeah, I can't even, uh, I mean, it sounds like, you know, we've had some adversity. We were just talking about our closing of our hunters rule store, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> six years to develop this thing is like, holy shit. That's, yeah. that's some grinding. And that's- he's, that's exhausting. <laughs> I, it takes so much patience. Like I, I can, I have a hard time waiting six <laughs> days to watch something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to have a lot of, a lot of um, eagerness and just again, having people to support on when you're feeling down and like doubting everything that you're set off to do. It does. I mean, it seems like one of these things that hopefully if it catches the right breaks and gets the right press and funding, yeah. it can, you know, influence a generation of people who are now just learning to drive and people who just to be safer and, um, create an extra line of defense and awareness. I think it's, I think it has the potential to be really impactful. Yeah. And provide education. Cause again, like I, I could not tell you any, like anything about my rights. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. So, um, I'm excited to, to see what happens with legal equalizer and, you know, look forward to following along with their journey. Yeah. Me too. So next week, um, we've got a couple guests coming up in the next couple of weeks and, um, we're going to keep doing this thing. It's, yes. uh, episode two of the find episode your summit two. podcast. And, uh, we're really excited. And if you guys have feedback, have ideas, um, you know, drop some reviews or shoot us an email at podcast at summitcoffee.com. Leah and I would love to hear from you. If you have guest ideas or content ideas, or just want to say what up, um, also Leah and I once a month, are going to host a, a mailbag podcast where we're going to respond to your questions live on the air sort of an ask me anything podcast version so um shoot us your thoughts and and we'll file those away and uh, we appreciate everyone who's made it this far in the podcast yes thanks guys talk to you next week we're out (laughs) 